This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, I want to look today, we're talking about today living a, a, a meaningful life. Our, our series this month is limiting your, your limitations, but today I want to especially tailor it uh, toward moms, but it's going to have an application to us again. And, uh, you know, as we honor mom today and we reflect upon our moms and maybe we remember special moments. I, I mean, when the video was playing, I couldn't help but think about times when moms did something like that with me, you know, special time. And my mom, you know, my mom was a, was a single mom, you know, back in the day when we didn't have all the terminology about it. But, you know, all the stuff was still the same, wasn't it? The things she had to do. And uh, I always appreciated my mom because, you know, she was the type of person that whatever it took, that's what she did. And it was, it was not easy. So we appreciate it. But, you know, we think about times, we think about our favorite foods. Anybody got a favorite food that your mom made for you that you miss? And, you know, now, wives, don't get upset with me about this. But, you know, there are certain things that mom makes that nobody can make like mom you approximate it you get close and it's probably just that special memory that's connected with it you know but you know maybe that's what you remember today or maybe you remember some other things about her maybe their humor anybody here their mom had a really great sense of humor you know like to laugh enjoyed life maybe it was their grace or their charm you know Pastor Steve, I remember your mom. She was such a graceful lady, you know. Cindy, your mom was that way too. You know, they just, you know, somebody just have a grace and a charm about them. And, you know, and I remember, as I mentioned about my mom, sacrifices in their resiliency in difficult times. Whatever it may be as we remember our mothers today, I want to look in, in the Scriptures, and uh, I want to look in Luke chapter 1, and I know typically this is what we call, quote-unquote, a Christmas <laughs> verse or chapter, but I want to look at it today, and I want to look at Mary as a mother, especially early on, and I want to look at some of the qualities real quickly in her life, just a few of them, that we can appreciate in our moms, but also their qualities, whether we're a mom or a dad or a student or whatever we are, we can use these in our daily lives. And I'm a big believer in, you know, in, in the daily living thing because that's where we live most of our lives, isn't it? It's the daily, it's the routine, it's the, uh, hopefully it's not the grind. Sometimes it's the grind, isn't it? But we live in the routine, we live in the day-to-day moments uh, of our life uh, where, you know, uh, like the, they were talking about, you know, uh, the poopy diapers and, uh, you know, and picking up. At, I mean, that's, that's it, isn't it? That's where we're at. And sometimes it's hard for us to imagine that God can be in the middle of all this. <laughs> Surely not, you know. But I want us to look at some things. And, you know, uh, as we look at these qualities, there are things that we can uh, apply to our own lives. And uh, as we have opportunity to honor God. And you know where we honor God is, you know, in washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, going to work when you don't feel like going to work. You know, doing all those kinds, you know, all the mundane things. See, we, 
We sometimes in the church, we built this thing up that, oh, you know, doing what I'm doing now from here on the platform, that's, what, that's the God stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you what, the God stuff is all that stuff Monday through Saturday that you're doing, where you're serving your family, you're, you're, you're serving uh, your coworkers, you're out there, and you're living this life that we call the Christian life out. You're loving people, you're serving people, you're showing them the embodiment of who Jesus is. And, you know, and, uh, and in those day-to-day moments where our life is defined, that, that normal routine, you know, hopefully these things that I share with you today are something that we can apply to our lives where we live, where we love and we persevere, and hopefully we trust by God's grace we ultimately triumph. So uh, the question I would ask you today is how do we live these daily lives out, these what we would call the routine Monday lives. How do we live those out as a response to God's calling? Here in Luke 1, you know the story very well. Usually, as I said, it's around the birth of Jesus. We usually read this at Christmas time. But, you know, it's okay to, you know, it, it can be applied at other times. It doesn't just have to be a Christmas scripture. Amen. In verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town, Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You know, Mary, in this moment, you know, when the angel came to her and delivered that, that greeting to her, and also not a greeting but a statement to her, you know what happened? At that moment, grace qualified her. Grace qualified her. And you know, here's the thing. Grace chose her. That word highly favored, that word favored is the same word that's translated grace in other places. It means that that, that is God's, God's unmerited favor, God's choice. And Jesus said this, didn't he? He said, you've not chosen me, but I have what? Chosen you. So grace qualified Mary, and grace qualifies you and I. God's chosen us. Isn't that a good thing to know? That's a good feeling to know that God chose me. I remember way back in the day, you used to have something called recess. Anybody remember recess? A few of you do. You know, that's where we used to go out on the playground, you know, and just, uh, you know, get active and kick the ball around, throw the ball around, play chase, whatever we did. But a lot of times we'd play games that had teams. And, you know, and, and usually, you know, there was a, a couple of people that were really good, you know, at a sport or something, and they were always the captains, one on one team and one on the other team. Remember that, anybody? And, and of course, you know, then they would start choosing everybody else. And, you know, of course, you never wanted to be the last one left. Where it was, you know, kind of like between the two captains was, uh, you can have him, no thanks, he's yours, and that kind of thing. You know, it, you like to feel like, hey, I, you know, but when one of the captains would say, hey, I choose you. Boy, that felt good. You know, hey, I, I, they want me. I'm wanted. It, it, it had something to do. Maybe, maybe it was, you know, just a childish ego. Maybe it was. But it was something about them saying, hey, you know, I want you. And what God said to Mary was, Mary, I I choose you. 
And I give you my grace to qualify you for our special calling that I'm bringing to you. And you know, here's the thing. Maybe our calling's not, well, it's not. It's not as special as hers was. But you know what? Our calling, moms, your calling as a mom. You know what? God's calling, He chose you to be a mom. And you know what? He has given you grace. Grace to fulfill that calling. Now, maybe you're not a mom. Maybe you're a dad. Maybe you're a student. Whatever it is. But you know, that calling there, God has also given you grace. And will give you grace to fulfill it. Now, notice what it says here. It says, it says that... Uh, says she was troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So you know that you know what this tells me that even though Mary was chosen and God uh, had, had was bringing grace and putting grace upon her, you know she didn't have some kind of goosebumps. Says she was troubled. You know what do you mean I'm called to do this? What do you mean I'm favored of God? What does I mean? What are you talking about? I mean you know. I'm, I'm just a regular person. I'm just an everyday person. She was, you know, really this was, Mary was living in what we would call today, we would call a backwater hick town, Nazareth, you know, kind of like a, a town I was raised in. I won't mention the name because you might be there and you might take offense if I, if I say it was, but it was, it was, especially, especially 50 years ago, it was, it was backwater, you know. And, and so she was in a place like this, and the angel came to her and said, said, the grace of God is coming to you. The grace of God is upon you. You are highly favored for something that God has chosen you to do. And you know, that's the same thing is true for us. And you may be just like Mary. You may say, well, I sure don't feel too special. I don't feel all that great. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I didn't get up this morning feeling like, you know, I was all that spiritual. As a matter of fact, I really wasn't feeling like getting up this morning. I know none of y'all have never been there. <laughs> you say, you mean, you mean preachers feel like that too? Yeah, sometimes on Sunday. Does that shock you? <laughs> Good. You might need to be shocked. Isn't that right? But you know, we're grown people, aren't we? And we make choices. But I want you to see that because sometimes you think, boy, if I could just, you know, especially sometimes, you know, in our spirit filled churches, we're, you know, we're all about if we have a feeling. If I get a feeling, well, you know, I, I love having good feelings. That's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's not about whether or not I have a feeling. It's about that God says his grace is upon you. Now, I want you to notice something that that this grace not only qualifies us, but this grace gives us strength to fulfill what God's called us to do. And I want to tell you, if you're called to be a mom, you've got a big ministry going on. Are you listening? You've got a big ministry going on. But all of us, whatever we may be called to do, you know, we all, in that God choosing of us and calling of us, even though we're qualified, we may have a response like Mary. And, you know, and we might say to God, you know, say what? I mean, you want me to do what? You're asking me to do what? Wait a minute here. And so many times we feel like that, 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 man, I just don't measure up. I don't qualify to do this. And so this is where we have to understand about God's grace. Do you know that even the mighty Apostle Paul had these kind of feelings? He had these reservations. He had these same kind of concerns just like you and I do. In 2 Corinthians 12, 
7, Paul said this, To keep me from becoming conceited because of all the surpassing revelations that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. How many of you think Paul knew how to pray? He said, but he, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Listen to this. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Wow. That's a good time for you to say glory to God right there. To think that God's grace and his power is made perfect in my weakness. Man, you, know, you just don't know how that, how that blesses me. I'll tell you, Dr. V. Boy, I need to know that. Because I'm going to tell you what, so many times I get up and I'm going to tell you what, I, you know, I think about what God's called you to do, what God's called me to do. I'm thinking, there's no way I can't do this. God, I can think of 50 people that could do it better. And I mean, that's without even thinking hard. And you want me to do what? But notice what Paul said here. He reported from the Lord. He said, he said God's grace can do something. It can turn our weaknesses into a strength because of God's grace that flows through it. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Now, you think about Mary here. You think about what he is about to tell her here that God is going to call her to do. He says... Turn back in Luke. Keep that in mind, what Paul just said there. I'm going to refer to it again. But here in Luke, notice Mary says, ask this question, how will this be? Because he says, she says, hey, I'm not married. I don't have a husband. How's this going to happen? I mean, that's a good question, isn't it? How's this going to happen, Lord? He said, it's going to happen because of what the grace that's on you but then he goes on to say notice here the next thing how will this be he says the holy spirit will come upon you the holy spirit will come upon you not only does god grace us and it turns our weaknesses into strength our the foolishness of our lives god uses in his wisdom to fulfill his purpose we're chosen by grace god's strength is made perfect in us but then when we ask the how I don't know about you, but that always is a pertinent question to me too. When God says, I want you to do this or I want you to do that, how becomes a pretty important question to me. Because when I got any, I've never had it, God asked me to do anything that I felt I was comfortable to do. You know, maybe, maybe you do, but I, I, I'm always thinking, man, Lord, I need, a, I need a lot of help. I need a lot of help. I'm going to need, how are we going to, how's this going to happen, Lord? How's this going to work? And Mary was here when the angel said, you know, you're going to be with a child without a husband. And he, she says, how's this going to happen? Because you know what? That had never happened before in the history of mankind. He said, how's this going to happen? And he, she, and the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you know, the same thing is true for us. How's the how going to happen for your life? Maybe you're facing things and you're saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you one step 
uh, Pastor Norris said that God's grace is toward me. God's grace is for me. But how's this thing going to happen? I mean, I'm a single mom. I'm trying to raise, uh, you know, kids here. I'm trying to make ends meet. How's this thing going to happen? What do you mean the grace of God? That's good Sunday talk, Pastor. But what about during the week? Well, the how is, he said that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will be your helper. And we know this in Acts 1.8. Jesus said that you will receive what? Power when and after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we, I was looking at that word power. We've, we've looked at it before. But the root word of that word power, of course, we need, know it means divine ability. But also at the root word, I found this very interesting uh, in that word there, is the word, where the words can do. Do you know that God can do? <clears throat> God can do. He's the can do God. Boy, I'm, I'm glad. Don't you like, you ever work with people, you know, who were can do people? Boy, it, it was, even if you were facing a very difficult project or whatever it might be, it was great working with people who had a can do of spirit about them, didn't it? Man, you know, you, you, you come across something that's difficult, you had to work through, and they weren't ready to just, you know, lay down on the job and say, that's it, it's too big, we can't do it. I mean, we've all been around the can't-doers. But, you know, he said, when this Holy Spirit comes upon you, he said, you're going to have a different spirit now. You're going to have a can-do spirit. A can-do spirit. So maybe we're facing something that's bigger than us. Maybe we're facing something that's beyond our capabilities and our abilities in ourselves. But when we remember that God's chosen us, that means He's given us His grace. That His grace will make up for our weaknesses. And then on top of that, He says, you will receive a can-do spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A can-do. Whatever you're facing this morning. Listen, you rise up and say, you know what? God's grace is upon me. It's toward me. I'm highly favored of God. He's chosen me. The Holy Spirit is upon me. A can-do spirit. And isn't that, isn't that what Paul said? He said, we can do all things through Christ. What? That strengthens me. Well, you understand from Corinthians why he would say that, wouldn't you? He said, he went on to say, he said, therefore, he said, I glory in the tough times. He either knew something or he was crazy. <laughs> I think he knew something. Isn't that right? Because it's in the tough times when God shows up and shows out in our life, isn't it? That's when we see and other people see and they look at you and they see you walking through this thing. They see you facing a difficult, if not an impossible situation. And all of a sudden they see you walk through this. They, you walk through it with a can-do spirit. You walk through it with a, with, you know, not because you're perfect, not because you've got it all together, but you've got a trust in the grace of God. You've got a can-do spirit about you. And when they see you come through that, and they see God bring you through that, and they look at that and they say, you know what? Well, there's something about her. There's something about him. Maybe there's something about this Jesus they're talking about. Amen? And you know, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is free for the asking. I said, he's, 
The Holy Spirit's free for the asking. He said in Luke eleven thirteen. he said, if you, being evil, natural people, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He said, oh, but I, I think it's hard. It's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, it's hard. You have to ask. You have to humble yourself enough to say, you know what? I can't do this by myself. I can't do this Christian stuff by myself. I can't walk through this life by myself. I need the can-do help of the Holy Spirit. And he said, great, just ask. He said, he went on to say, everybody that asks receives. Aren't you glad God did the heavy lifting? Oh, man, it's so good. So we're qualified by grace. We're powered by the Spirit with a can-do spirit. And then I want you to notice the next thing that she said over here. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And, the, and, and, that, and, and so the Holy One to be born with you will be called the Son of God. And notice he goes on to say in verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with our can-do God. Oh boy, if you ever believe that. If you just grab hold of that. Nothing is impossible with God. So the next thing is this. The possibility of faith. The possibility of faith. He said, nothing's impossible with God. Now notice her response here. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Wow. No wonder he found this little girl out. Man, no wonder God was willing to send the angel from glory to the backwater town of Nazareth. Somebody there named Mary had faith. She said, may it be done to me as you have said. The possibility of faith. Jesus said that nothing is impossible to those who believe. So really the doorway through the impossible is faith. Faith in God. Faith in His promise. Faith in the can-do spirit that you have received as a child of God. Wow. Anybody facing anything that seems impossible to you today? Listen, you've got the grace of God. You've got the power of the can-do spirit. And you've got the faith in God. The Bible says that there has been given to each one of us a measure of faith. And that faith, Jesus said, the size of a grain of mustard seed will remove the barriers as big as a mountain. It will make things that are impossible become possible. It can turn a sick body into a well one. It can turn a bad relationship into one that's been restored. It can turn an empty bank account into one that's got everything you need to meet your needs. You say, you sure about that? I sure am. If I had time, I could tell you about my own life. And I guarantee you, how many of you could also testify? Let's see a hand. There you go. The doorway through the impossible. See, we're talking today, how do we live out our daily lives? 
in response to God's calling. Here was Mary. You think about it. You know, when the angel came to her, she was just doing, doing her stuff. Maybe she'd be, just been down to the well, bringing back a water pot on her head. Maybe she was out, you know, taking, helping take care of the goats or the sheep or whatever she was doing. Or she was sweeping the house or whatever she was doing. She was just going about routine stuff. I mean, she wasn't in the temple. She wasn't, you know, in some great ecstasy. Just routine. The angel comes to her and all of a sudden everything begins to turn around in her life. Why? Because what? She said this, may it be done unto me according to your word. Now, here's the thing. I would suggest and strongly encourage each one of us to agree with what God says. See, faith is not this big mystery. Sometimes we've made it that. But it's not a big mystery. It's just saying, just like Mary said, God, whatever you said, may it be done unto me. May it be done unto me according to your word. See, you may not have an angel come to you, but... But the Bible says we have a more sure word than if an angel came to you and appeared to you. And that is what? The B-I-B-L-E. Isn't that right? And so we say just like she said, may it be done unto me according to your word. Now real quickly here, the fourth thing that we want to bring out here about living our daily lives in response to God's calling on us. And that is this, infallible love. Now, I want to project forward with Mary. Now, in this moment, you know, the angel came. You know, Mary said, may it be done unto me. Well, I want you to project forward about five or six months. Mary is pregnant five or six months. There ain't no hiding it. I said, there ain't no hiding it. Isn't that right, moms? There ain't no hiding. Can you, especially in her day, can you imagine what she faced? And you, you just know everybody believed her when she said, well, listen, let me tell you what it really, who the father of this really is. Oh, yeah, everybody bought that. I mean, even Joseph had a struggle with that, and, you know, he was her intended. You can imagine what the rest of, and in a small little town... I grew up in a small town. I know everybody knew everybody's business. Can you imagine what she faced? The insult, the ridicule, the judgmentalism. There was probably a few Pharisees in her town. There were probably quite a few legalists around. This is why I say infallible love. She had to have a love for God to go through this thing. Now, you think about this. You ever thought about this? Mary was the only one from the beginning to the end in Jesus' life. She was there at the beginning. (laughs) She was there right on up through Pentecost, right on up through the upper room, everything, wasn't she? She went through it all. And she had to walk in a different dimension in order to make it through that. And this is what I call the infallible love. Now, let me read this to you in 1 Corinthians 13. You probably are familiar with this. But listen to this. 
Love is patient. I heard that, uh uh-oh. Love is patient. Love is kind. Talking about walking out in every day. I, you, know where you, have, you know where you need this the most? At home. Not at church. Well, you need it here too. But, you know, you're just, you know we, we can all role play for an hour, hour and a half, can't we? But how about at home? When things aren't going your way. Oh, me. When a little bit is required of you. Uh-oh. Better move along. It is not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not rude. Don't, love is not rude. Well, I just got up my self-righteous, I mean my righteous indignation. (laughs) Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. I'll tell you what, I ain't going back to that church. Nobody even paid me any attention. They don't love me. Come on. Awful quiet in here. Love is not easily angered. Come on, guys. Keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, my gosh. I ain't having nothing more to do with them. I might have. Boy, I get so tired here. I might have to love them, but I don't have to like them. How would you like it if God told you that? I love you, but I don't like you. You think that would make you feel good? (laughs) It's not easy. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Another place says love covers a multitude of wrongs. You know what love does? Love hides. Love covers. Love doesn't expose. Oh, I'll tell you what, I saw so-and-so down at such-and-such a place doing such-and-such a thing. Love would hide that. Love wouldn't expose that. Love would, if if you really felt something, love would drive you into your prayer closet so you could pray for that person. Love would have you encouraging that person. Love would say, you know, maybe I don't know everything that, you know, maybe everything wasn't exactly what I saw. Maybe I don't know the whole story. See, because we're going to read on, it says, love believes the best of everybody. I said, love believes the best of everybody. Isn't that what moms do? They believed in you when nobody else would. They believe the best of you. <clears throat> Real quickly here, I have to close. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails.
So, in answering our question today, how do we live our daily lives as a response to God's calling? First of all, remember that you've been chosen and qualified by grace. Secondly, you are powered by the Spirit, a can-do Spirit. And that if you will just dare use the faith that God's given you, the possibility of faith, it can actually create a doorway through your impossibilities. The thing that Mary faced, she, she faced, you know, being ostracized by her family, by her peers in her village. She really faced death, really, because in those days, if, uh, uh, if a maiden was found, uh, you know, out of wedlock to be pre- pregnant, they were stoned to death. But through all of these, she persevered, what? Because of unfallible love. Now, let me give you my action steps. I always like to give you some here just before we pray. First of all, remember that you're chosen by God and called to live your life by His grace. Not by your own power, not by your own ability, but by His grace. As I mentioned, the can-do ability of the Holy Spirit. The impossibilities you face can be overcome by your faith. And above all, the love for God and the love of God in you will bring you through every hard place in life. Just like Mary, who faced an impossible situation, who came through it victorious, who came through it by God's grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and by just simple faith in God, walked this thing out in love. She was there at conception. She was there at birth. She was there to raise Him. She was there at the cross. She was there at the resurrection. She was there in His triumph. In everything, love persevered. And you and I, are called to walk in a similar manner. Maybe you're facing today some very difficult problems. Maybe you're a single mom here today. Maybe you're facing those things. I, I really, there's a special place because my mom was that way. There's a special place in my heart for single moms. And I believe there is in God's heart too. And you know, He will be a father for your children and a husband to you. The Scriptures promise you that. But for all of us, whatever we're facing today, listen, we can take God's grace, God's spirit, the faith he's given us, the love he's put in our heart. And you know what? We can persevere. We can overcome anything that we face. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.